Hello and welcome to another podcast of Prisma Center for Jewish Day Schools. My name is Elliot Rabin and I am Prisma's Director of Thought Leadership. Today's podcast is part of a series called Research Encounter, featuring a conversation between a researcher and a day school leader about a recent work, scholarship. Our guests today are Dr. Ariel Levitas, Managing Director of CASG, the Consortium for Applied Studies in Jewish Education, and Research Associate Professor, professor in the Graduate School of Education and Human Development at the George Washington University. With Ariel is Rabbi Jethro Berkman, the Dean of Jewish Education at Gann Academy, a pluralistic Jewish high school in Waltham, Massachusetts, as well as a graduate of the Reconstructionist Rabbinical College and a member of the Reform Movement's Central Conference of American Rabbis. Ariel and Jethro will be discussing the place of Talmud in the day school curriculum, the ways that it is taught, and the impact that Talmud education has on students. The conversation today is sparked by findings from a study that Ariel conducted called Students' Understandings of Rabbinics, published in April by the Mandel Center at Brandeis and the Davidson School at JTS. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Hi thanks for having us. Really Thank happy you. to have you here. Um, the study is just really, really rich and covers so much territory. So I'm really excited to be digging into this with you. Let's start with uh, Ariel. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you uh, just a, a few questions about the study, sure. uh, and then we'll open up a conversation. So the the one of the key interpretive tools of uh, Talmud is a chiddush, right? And so that's also, that's a tool also that's important for, for research as well. So I was wondering if you could tell us what the, what the what's the chiddush of your study? What, what is the new and innovative aspect that it opens up for Talmud research? Well, I think one, one thing that's new about it is that it looks at what students think about their experiences in school and particularly in the Jewish studies classroom and a lot of what we know about what happens in schools is often from the perspective of teachers um, so I think having having some insight into the sense that students are making of their experiences um, is is exciting and I hope a, a contribution some of the things that I learned um, in in doing this project is one that the study of rabbinic literature in um, the Jewish day schools that we looked at for this project, um, they, it looks more like the way rabbinics is studied in the context of the yeshiva or seminary than it does in the context of um, the, the secular academic university, and that that has implications for um, what the aims of the curriculum are and the kinds of pedagogies and activities for learning that are employed in the classroom. In particular, it has implications for what I call the scope of the web in the sense that um, every uh, teacher that I spoke to, every um, faculty person that I spoke to who either teaches rabbinics or supervises the teaching of rabbinics understands that they have to make the text on the page come alive for their students. And um, to do so, they have to draw lines of connection between what's on the page 
and other bodies of literature and other things going on in the world. And that in the Jewish day school classroom, um, the teachers are more likely to draw lines of connection between what's happening on the page um, of Talmud, let's say, if that's what they're studying, and other, um, other pieces of the Jewish story. And usually they're drawing a, a web of what I call like the halachic process or how Jewish law unfolds over time. Whereas teachers who were trained in, um, in the university actually are drawing a different web where they're connecting what's happening on the page of Talmud to um, you know, larger developments in antiquity and ideas about um, culture or what is law. Um, so there, there, there are different ways of making the text come alive for students, but um, in terms of the kind of training that teachers have, they're more likely to, to, to paint one big picture than another big picture for their students. And I think the other um, insight is that students come to their classrooms with ideas about what makes learning worthwhile. And they compare what they do in their Jewish studies classroom with what they do in other classrooms in their school. And students in Jewish day schools uh, believe that the study of Talmud should most be like the study of English and history. They believe that those are the subject matters that it's most aligned with. And so they expect to do the same kinds of activities for learning and make the same kind of meaning in their Jewish studies classroom that they do in history and English, which have to do with um, the, the human experience in the world. Um, and um, they're looking for their Jewish studies experiences to respond to the same kinds of questions that are foregrounded in history class and English class. I'm wondering if the reason why, uh, for that second finding, why students expect Talmud to be more like English and history than other kinds of classes or than something else sui generis, um, is because of the way they uh, tended to study uh, Torah and Tanakh. Right, and so it's interesting because um, uh, as a point of comparison, students did talk about how the study of Talmud was different from the study of Tanakh in their schools. And in general, students seem to have more appreciation, and this is broadly speaking, this isn't every student, more appreciation for the study of Tanakh than they did for the study of Talmud. Um, in part, I believe that's because one way that students gauge the value of studying something is whether it seems to be important to adults they know and adults in their community. And students were pretty aware of how Torah mattered in the Jewish communities with which they were familiar. And they were less clear about how Talmud mattered to adults. Um, but they also talked about how the study of Torah and Tanakh in their classrooms were often more geared to insights um, that I would call sort of psycho-spiritual um, about the nature of relationships and what it means to be human, like these kind of really big existential questions that um, they could see um, value in and that they, that's what they expected engagement with a sacred text to do. And they had more trouble understanding 
um, the value of how they were studying and encountering Talmud in their classroom. Um, and by the way, the students talked about all of their subjects with me. I asked them, you know, what they thought of school in general, what they, what subjects they liked, which they thought were important. And they make, you know, claims about all, all of their subjects, about math, about Spanish, that would cause great consternation to math teachers and Spanish teachers. So first of all, I, I want to, I want to just um, put that out there because I, I don't want the teachers of Jewish studies to just feel like they're some you know, special disconnect for them. That's not true. I saw that in, in the way they talked about a lot of their subjects. Okay, Jethro, um, you've read the report and uh, you've heard Ariel's uh, summary. What are your initial impressions? Ariel didn't emphasize this too much in her, the summary that she just gave, but this finding that Students didn't seem to enjoy, many students, I should say, not all, but many students did not seem to enjoy so much the real kind of digging into the technical skills and figuring out the argumentation in the original language of the Talmud. Um, that rings true largely with my experience at GAN and students in, in Talmud classes. I think that it can be it can feel kind of like drudgery a little bit, really working your way through this stuff for some students. While there are certainly some students who really enjoy it, and I, I, I think it was important that Ariel found that also and noted that, there are some students who really get into this kind of difficult technical work. Uh, but it seemed to be that Ariel found that there was like an inverse relationship between how much time students were spending kind of really working through what we, what we might call text skills or the skills orientation and how much meaning they derived from it. And the students who were not in the advanced levels but were spending more time kind of discussing the meaning in the way that a Talmud text might connect to what Ariel just referred to as kind of the psycho-spiritual realm or the realm of relationships and human meaning, um, those kids seem to enjoy their study of, of Talmud more. And that does reflect what I've seen, that there are some students who really enjoy that kind of difficult technical work, but a lot of them don't. And students who encounter the text with a little bit less emphasis on that and a little more emphasis on meaning making seem to find the experience of studying Talmud to be more rewarding. Jethro, could you talk about how Talmud is taught at GAN and has uh, the way that it's been taught uh, changed at all since you've been there? It has, yeah. And I'll speak, I know that we're, we're kind of toggling back and forth between rabbinics and Talmud. The, the study is actually called a study of, of uh, rabbinics, but Ariel found that most rabbinics was Talmud. I, I'm not sure that's totally the case at GAN, but I'll explain this uh, kind of chronologically. When I arrived at the school uh, 11 years ago, we had, a, all students took a Tanakh course. It was called Biblical Literature and a rabbinic, Rabbinical Literature class and then Modern Hebrew. Um, about seven years ago, we started to, we made a shift where we eliminated those two separate disciplines and kind of combined Jewish studies into one class. So we no longer, for most students, teach rabbinics or Talmud 
as a separate discipline. It's actually, you know, our, our units became topics based. And we still had two different types of classes. We had what we called Beit Midrash classes, which studied the text in the original language. And then we had standard classes, which studied the text in English. But the, those two classes roughly paralleled each other and were topics based, based around big questions of meaning um, and not around genre of text. So overall, and I think this accords with Ariel's findings, that worked well. I think students started to find more meaning in their Jewish studies, certainly um, in their study of rabbinic texts, which were now embedded kind of alongside other texts and in conversations with other texts on a particular topic. Um, so that overall has worked well for us, but we also, we found two things. One, it was in the topics-based format in the Beit Midrash classes, it's hard to teach skills jump in the same way, with the same depth, jumping from genre to genre. You know, you might have one unit that's focusing mostly on Tanakh and then another unit that's mostly Mishnah. And there's, you lose that continuity of skill building through the year. And we were hearing about that from students and, and families. And also that there were the students that Ariel identified in her study who really love that, you know, uh, digging deeply into the legal sections of the of the Talmud, they missed that, and their parents missed it. Um, and we were hearing like, you know, our kids are enjoying this Beit Midrash class, but are really are they really getting the tech skills that they need, for example, to succeed in a gap year? You know, this also gets to Ariel's point about you know uh, the role of Talmud in in the lives of adults afterwards. For those students who are in communities where Talmud study is really valued. They were missing that, I think. Um, so it, just a couple of years ago, we introduced a, a third option, which is advanced Beit Midrash, which is just Talmud, you know, straight Talmud, and then another class that's straight Tanakh. Um, so we, we're trying to, you know, meet all of these different kinds of needs and, uh, and different approaches to studying the text. Mm you know, having those classes that are doing the skills-based work is, is really important and there are students who really value it. There are students who are, who are choosing to be placed in that class because they perceive it and sometimes because their schools mark it as honors. Yeah. And they like the idea of being in the honors class more than they like what the actual curricular components of it are. And so it has, I think, sometimes the effect of, for the students who really are motivated to do that, it's great, but not, not every student is selecting to be in that course because they buy into that framework. Um, sure, I'll, I'll add another reason, which is some parents conceive of, you know, this is the kind of Talmud, this is the kind of Talmud study that we, we do, and this is what's authentic in our community, and this is what our, kids should be doing and you know I respect that and but it's there's not often there is an alignment between the parents and the kids but sometimes there's not I'm curious um, if you where you've seen uh, a change in the students response to these classes because Ariel talks about you know how students who are in more traditional kind of Talmud classes you know uh, how they how they react to their education 
Yeah, I mean, this idea that there's a, an inverse relationship between the skills orientation or a focus on technical skills and meaning making. You know, one question that came to me as I was reading that is like, is this a zero sum game? Are there ways that we could make the kind of the study of the technical study of Talmud and with all of its challenges uh, more meaningful for students? Um, and perhaps it's, it's not a zero sum game. And I think another approach, one of the approaches, and we're certainly trying to do that at GAN. Like we do not, uh, when we teach Talmud in the advanced Talmud classes that I mentioned, we think hard about what are the um, deep questions that are connected to students' lives that this, that, that, that this text is addressing and how do we bring those out and engage students in conversation about them. Um, and I, I hope and I think that we're not only, and I, I don't want to uh, at all denigrate like the, the, you know, the kind of halachic process conversation. I think that's important. Um, but I don't think that we, I, I hope that we don't limit our questions, even in our advanced classes, to those questions. I do think that we try to connect the sugya of Talmud to broader questions about life and relationships. And as Ariel, I think, found in the study, she said, sometimes teachers are aligned with what students are, what teachers are trying to do is aligned with what students are experiencing, but sometimes they're not. I mean, it's an open question. How well are we doing in connecting these kind of dense, difficult sugiyot of Talmud to big questions of meaning and life that feel alive to students? So we're certainly trying to do that. Um, and to, and to connect Sugio to universal questions, but it's an open question how well we're doing. And I just wanted to chime in about um, something Jeth Jethro was saying, because right, one answer to, you know, first of all, th th these are what some students had to say and whether or not schools want to, you know, reevaluate their curriculum based on those perceptions, that's, you know, not every school would want to do that, right? Um, but one, and one, one approach would be to say, well, if the expectation is that this is like English class, let's frame it the way English class is framed, right? But the other possibility, or one other possibility, is to say, actually, this is a completely different way of making meaning, and let us show you, actually, how the study of Talmud makes meaning in a different way. Um, I was, um, I was a postdoc at JTS when I was writing up the report, and I remember having a conversation um, with a colleague, Sarah Wolf, who she's a professor of Talmud there, and she was saying, well, how could they think it's like English? It's so obvious that Talmud is like math. Um, but no students really thought that, right? So if we want to show them the way Talmud should be understand, understood as making meaning on a totally different set of terms, then we probably have to more clearly lay out what those terms are. Because the way some students are experiencing, particularly the translation work, I would say more than the parsing the argument, which I think that is more, um, students see how that's more rewarding, but they don't perceive that as how they're spending a lot of time. They see translation as the bulk of time on task in class. Um, as one student said, it's basic and hard, right? It's, it's a lot of work to do but it doesn't really give a payoff in terms of the insight that it's creating for them. And especially as, 
as your report brought out, that's what adolescents are looking for, right? They're looking, the whole adolescent development stage of being is about looking for meaning and searching for their identity, right? And that, and we want, you know, our schools want them to do that through a Jewish lens. That that's really one of the main, if not the main goal of Jewish studies, perhaps, in, in a high school. And these students are saying they're not, they're not connecting, able to connect with Talmud often in that way. It's not resonating for them in that adolescent quest. Well, I, what I would say is in terms of that sort of identity and personal meaning making quest, we certainly heard about that. But we also heard um, students saying, what I'm trying to figure out is how does the study of Talmud and any other subject I'm engaged in, how does that help me be an adult member of a community? How does it help me have conversations with my peers about things that matter? And so I just want to highlight that, there, it's, that part of it is that kind of individuating work and identity work about who I am as a self. But a lot of it was just trying to understand how any, any subject they encountered in school helped them make meaning with others also and be part of a community that they, that they valued and have conversations with other people who they wanted to uh, be in conversation with. And your report also said that they had trouble making the connection, that connection as well in terms of how Talmud would help inform their beings as in society and, and with others. Jethro, what, what was your report? Yeah, yeah, I was just, I, I, I just, I love the kind of choice that Ariel put forward of, about how do we make Talmud more meaningful? in that like I, if i understood you correctly ariel you're saying like one way is to kind of present it and frame it kind of as similar to or part of a genre like english literature that students kind of already understand as a a locus of of meaning making and addressing big human questions and uh, another option is to kind of identify what's different about Talmud and how it could be its own kind of special distinct uh, realm of meaning making and it strikes me that that's like a that's a question that goes beyond uh, just rabbinic literature in terms of approaches to Jewish education are we saying that like Jewish sources Jewish wisdom Jewish texts are kind of part of this great conversation with world literature and, and law and uh, you know, all the, the different disciplines that are out there about how do we lead a good life or is there something, and, and maybe a distinct voice in that uh, conversation, or is it something that is um, kind of its own thing, you know, that's, that's a little bit distinct and, and separated off. And, um, I, I, you know, maybe you're not, maybe that's not where you would take the argument, but I guess I, I am, I'm more inclined to believe that we're going to be successful with students kind of taking the former approach. Like I'm, 
I would be interested in is as distinct and kind of weird and interesting as and crazy as Talmud could be of looking at um, you know uh, a piece of Talmudic Agadah in conversation with a, you know a, an American short story you know on on a similar theme and kind of seeing rabbinic literature as part of that conversation. Um, certainly, you, you, I mean, I think that's one of your great suggestions is could we look at, Tal at Talmud more from the literary orientation? History too, I'll say that in our 10th grade class, we, we, we have a Jewish studies class, we have a, a unit that's on kind of the rabbinic project and response to the destruction of the second temple. It looks at a lot of Mishnah texts, but it tries to look at them in their historical context why would people, you know, living in the in the wake of this tragedy, trying to figure out how to be Jewish, write a text like this? How is it shaped by their historical uh, context? And the texts read in that light are really these expressions of kind of this amazing creative resilience that I think students can connect to. It's kind of part of the Jewish story. So we are trying to find ways to kind of read rabbinic texts in in different ways and broader ways as kind of part of this, the, 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 what we could call the great human conversation. Um, so I just wanted to underscore what Jethro said about, you know, it's such a wild body of texts <laughs> and um, they're just, you know, there was one, um, one teacher that I interviewed where, you know, she was just talking about, you know, you can teach anything from the Talmud because the Talmud is about everything. There is like no facet of the human experience or the world that the Talmud doesn't have something to say about, which is, makes it very exciting. Um, and I love some of the possible um, avenues that Jethro is pointing to. And I think one question it raises is in terms of the kind of preparation that teachers have for the presentation of Talmud that most of the teachers who are doing that work in the Jewish studies classroom are in some ways, um, you know, they're presenting it the way they experience the study of Talmud in their own training, um, often in the context of seminary and yeshiva or in the context of the experts in Talmud they admire who are often people who are really skilled in that halakhic process work. So what would it take to help teachers, should a school want to explore some of these other avenues, to think about Talmud in the context of literature or history, which they may have not had um, as much um, professional development around in terms of preparing them to introduce the text that way in their classroom? Yeah, I'll add another bias of the of the seminary, I think, is uh, the emphasis on halachic texts as opposed to Agadic texts. Uh, you know, a few years ago, or it was almost a, a decade ago now, there was, uh, uh, I think Brandeis compiled this list of like the most important sugia, the different, you know, scholars and rabbis suggested. And it was interesting that a lot of them are Agadic. I mean, a higher percentage than I think, um, you know, is, is reflected in what texts are taught in the classroom. And that, it's just an interesting question. And if if we are going, you know, for for meaning making and uh, the psycho spiritual, um, should we be, be bringing in more agadic texts? 
And another question is, can we break apart, uh, taking it from, the, from kind of the other angle, this idea that like legal texts are not connected to meaning somehow and are, are only about what you do. Um, I'll share like a brief anecdote. This fall, Ruth Calderon, who's, you know, this uh, famous Torah scholar from Israel and former member of Knesset, she was teaching a class at Harvard um, and she came to visit Gan and uh, she taught, guest taught a class. And I asked her, it seems like you, when you teach, when I've seen you teach, you, you teach a lot of Agata. And, um, you know, why is that? Do you think that that's easier for people to connect to? The, the class that she, I mean, the text that she taught in that particular class was a, an Agatic text. And she said, um, that that's not true. I try to teach the, the halachic along with the agadic and that they are in conversation with each other. And that's actually one of the most amazing and unique things about the Talmud is that they're both equally important, shed light on each other, inform each other, you know, a certain halacha that might emerge from a, from a machloket in, uh, you know, in a, in a halachic sugya might be softened or informed, you know, by, a, by an adjacent piece of Agata. And that was just, that could be something that's really kind of unique and special about Talmud that we should be bringing out more. I mean, I'll say that, you know, you know, again, a lot of teachers were emphasizing the kind of legal or, you know, the, the rules of argument. But I think there's something really profound in, in what, what you learned and shared with us um, in terms of the insight from Ruth Calderon, because the truth is, right, the, the agadita and the legal part, they're completely intertwined. Um, and it's as much about this kind of, um, you know, formalistic process of thinking. It's also about like a real kind of associative leaps and very creative thinking that sometimes we also don't emphasize. But that's actually, to my mind, a feature of Talmudic thinking as well. I, I think one of the striking things uh, along these lines that I found from your study is that, you know, these are community day schools. And yet, the emphasis in these schools, the orientation, as you call it, towards Talmud is more in line with kind of traditional halachic focus than any of the other orientations. and seemingly less aligned with the mission and pedagogic values of the school that exist elsewhere? Well, I mean, to my mind, in part, it has to do with, again, the kinds of formative experiences that the faculty are bringing. And again, the way that most faculty are being trained um, in yeshiva or seminary or they admire the thinking of people who are, have particular expertise in, in halachic process, as opposed to, let's say, I think um, I remember doing one interview um, and asking um, a teacher, you know, who, who do you think is an expert in, in, in rabbinics? And she had given a couple of answers. And then she, she said, wait, why didn't I, why didn't I say, you know, uh, Viva Zornberg? Why didn't I? Because I actually don't think of the kind of work she does as being like in the genre of rabbinic literature, but that's actually part of what she does. But I, um, so sometimes it's kind of a, 
maybe like a more narrow view of what the opportunities are. Um, I think in part also, um, uh, you know, thinking about the, subcu the subject sub subculture of rabbinics, there's a lot of leeway sometimes for, um, because it doesn't map onto a discipline in university and you're not preparing necessarily the, the student to succeed in, um, uh, you know, the way trigonometry is preparing them to succeed in university level math. So in, in, in developing what the curriculum should be, it's not really clear what you're aiming towards. Um, and maybe there's room to, to think about that. You know, one insight that I had was that maybe Talmud is actually the most like the subject of social studies which is not usually taught at the high school level and nobody mentioned as a subject that, uh, that Talmud is like in the sense of the, the goals for, um, I mean, I think you had framed it earlier, Elliot, around goals for identity development, right? And the kind of Jewish identity baggage that can be put on a Jewish studies classroom. But there's also this idea in social studies, right? That you're actually educating for the formation of a citizen. Um, which I think is a little different and I think may also be aligned ultimately with some of the goals that um, community day schools have for um, for what they would like their students to get out of their experience of classical Jewish texts. I found that to be a very provocative part of the of the study. Um, I'm curious, you know, it's certain things are we've touched on this already, are kind of in terms of, and we, we at GANS do use the language of creating like active, informed citizens of, of the Jewish people, and for sure, and I, I love that framing. But as, as you already referenced, it just seems like if you go to synagogue, then, you know, they're going to be reading the, the Parsha, you know, which is from the, from the Tanakh, and you're going to be holding a Sidur, you know, and like those are just clear reference points of that, you know, you to be an active citizen, it's helpful to to know something about these books. Uh, but outside of the traditional world, I don't know, this is, you know, a, a tough question, but do you have any sense of what role Talmud study would play in that kind of citizenship? Well, I mean, one thing that I heard from the students that, that they saw as potentially um, like a transferable skill from Talmud, let's say, that, um, that they, they could see some kind of value in was that the kind of the, 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 the argumentative processes and through lines, which for all that those are taught in a classroom that emphasizes halakhic process, actually the way the students talk about it is really what's happening in a skills class is mostly translation, and then a little bit of, of that parsing the argument and tracing the argument and thinking about ways of building argument. Um, so there was interest in students in thinking about, um, you know, how do you bring evidence and how do you build an argument um, that, um, that, they, that they thought was something they thought favorably that Talmud could offer them. But I mean, it is interesting just to think like, what are the skills that um, a person needs to participate um, in the Jewish communities of the United States today? And what if we, you know, backward designed um, what the Jewish studies curriculum looks like um, with that in mind, rather than 
you know, our ideas about what are the classical texts that, you know, that we treasure, right? I mean, rightfully, there's a reason that, you know, Tanakh and Talmud are, you know, you know, at the centerpiece. Um, but, but, you know, what are other ways of building, um, what are other things that could take that place in the centerpiece as well? For sure. And I'll just add that when I, in some focus groups that I ran a couple of years ago with students, one of the things students said that they really loved and appreciated was the way Jewish texts and ideas sometimes appeared in other classes. And one of the examples they gave was when Talmudic reasoning was brought up by their constitutional law teacher. They, you know, there's a class on, on, uh, on the Supreme Court. And students really that really resonated with students. And again, I think that speaks to bringing these texts and the things that they're really good at, you know, kind of into conversation with uh, with with kind of the wider discourse around legal reasoning or or for agotic texts, um, the the lessons of literature and the wisdom that can be found in literature. Before we leave, I'm wondering if there's one kind of message or thought or reflection that you want to, you want schools to have uh, coming out of this research that we haven't perhaps touched upon. Well, you know, one insight I had, it actually made me like a little sad. And that was, um, there, there was one, a voice that came through in several students that I labeled the dutiful caretaker. Um, and in some ways, I was riffing off of the work of um, Dr. Tali Hyman Zelkowitz, who wrote a beautiful dissertation about, you know, identity development in the context of Jewish day schools. And she had talked about how Jewish studies can sometimes feel like a china shop for students, that they're afraid to break things. And one thing that came through um, was this idea that the kinds of students who are in Jewish day schools and then also who elect to spend in their free time, you know, an hour of their free time talking to a researcher about what they think about Talmud, like they get that Talmud is important and being Jewish is really important to them. And they're on board with the kind of identity, Jewish identity development work that the school is asking them to do. And they want to grow up to be responsible Jewish citizens and be the Jewish future. Like they wear all that and they feel that. Um, but for whatever reason, um, the way that Talmud is presented in their classroom is kind of leaving them cold. And so they know that it's important and they know that they should care about it, but it doesn't actually enrich their lives in any way. And I kept thinking about it as like somebody who has like their grandmother's china wrapped up in bubble wrap, you know, in their basement and they know they need to take care of it, but they don't see a place for it on their table. Like it doesn't make their meal more beautiful or more nourishing in any way. Um, and, you know, and I, and, but they really wanted help. So they were kind of almost saying like, help me make meaning out of this. Help me understand why I should keep carrying this box. Because I, have, I feel a commitment and I, and I, but I want to see what you see in it. Help me, help me see the value of carrying the China. Um, and so I, I'm just really committed and I think we all are to, to really helping people see the value because do we want, do we want kids carrying around something that's a burden if they're not getting any, any, uh, I don't know if it's not helping to enrich their lives. I, I just wonder about that. 
Elliot, at the very beginning, you would ask this question, is it the, the nature of Talmud and rabbinic texts itself that's kind of uh, causing this, this blockage in terms of meaning, or is it the way it's being taught? And, you know, I come down on that it's, it's not the texts themselves. I mean, there are just so many amazing, rich texts that respond to big questions that, that our students care about. So I, I, I really, you know, love and endorse a lot of Ariel's suggestions about tr trying to find ways to connect them more to big questions of meaning. So I'm right now kind of thinking a lot about how do we integrate between English class and Jewish studies class, between history, history and Jewish studies and bring those more into conversation with each other. And I'll, I'll say one thing that really comes through is the students love their teachers. <laughs> if I can also throw that in there, um, which is why sometimes it almost was hard for them to offer any critique because they also, they, they really value the relationship they have. But the more that we can give opportunities for teachers who are interested in experimenting um, and support that and give them, you know, the, the professional development or access to other scholars, um, maybe in, uh, in, in the academy or other fields, analog fields, to support that work. Because it's hard to just do alone. Um, and, and making opportunities, um, you know, teaching can be so isolating um, for, for teachers to talk about their practice um, and um, pedagogy for the teaching and learning of Talmud. I just hope we'll be able to convene those conversations so that, um, you know, what, you know, Gan can learn from, you know, what, what other experiments are happening. Mm -hmm. Well, Absolutely. It's, always, it, it's always great to end on a note of uh, affirming the talent and creativity that we know exists in the field and encouraging administrators to support the, their professional development. If you'd like to continue the conversation with either of our guests today, please contact me, Elliot Raven, at elliotr at prisma.org. You can follow our podcast by searching for Prisma on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. To learn more about Prisma, go to our website at www.prisma.org. Follow us on social media at Prisma CJDS for all things Prisma and the day school. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed and we'll come back again soon for future episodes.